0: Hello, hello, welcome, or welcome back. I'm Nurse Mo, and this is the Straight A Nursing Podcast where I teach concepts and share tips on how to thrive in school and at the bedside. So, today I have a really exciting special episode for you. We're going to be talking about travel nursing because I know a lot of students are thinking about that as part of their future career path. Or maybe if you're a nurse and you're looking to switch things up a little bit, maybe travel nursing is for you. Before we dive, into that topic, I do want to take a quick minute for our listener shout out. And this one, I hope I say your name right, is going out to Chaya, who says, I have been listening to your podcast since the beginning of my fundamental semester, every chance I get you have a way of explaining concepts in a matter of fact way that is uncomplicated and has me looking forward to applying them in real life on the unit. I just began my med surge one semester and bought the straight nursing planner and am blown away by the layout. This will help me stay way more organized than I could have imagined. Thank you for all the content. Thank you so much, Chaya, for taking the time to write in and tell us how much the podcast and the planner has been helping you. And I'll put a link to the planner in these episode notes. All right, so let's dive into our episode. I have with me today Kylie from Passports and Premies. Kylie is a travel NICU nurse who discovered how using travel, not even just travel nursing, but just travel in general, really is a fantastic tool for preventing or treating nurse burnout. So let's dive into my discussion with Kylie. All right, so I'm here with Kylie from Passports and Premies, this awesome website and podcast that's all about travel nursing and traveling as a nurse. And I think there's even stuff in there about being a NICU nurse, right? Correct. Okay, so tell us... Um, I get well. I just gave it away. You're a NICU nurse, but just tell us a little bit about your your nursing background and what it is that you do. All
1: right. So first off, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Um, So I went to nursing school. Gosh, way back in 2013, which feels. 10 years now um, in Atlanta. I graduated from that program and got my first staff job as a NICU nurse in Kansas City, Missouri. I worked there for two years before I got enough experience to start travel nursing. And so I have been travel nursing on and off since, gosh, 2016. Um, okay. I've also had the opportunity to Volunteer as a NICU nurse in North Macedonia and work internationally in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, as a NICU nurse. So, nursing that's one of my favorite things about the profession is like I feel like it's afforded me so
0: many opportunities. Absolutely, it absolutely does, and that's so cool. So, okay, I have a couple of things I want to ask you about what you just said. So one of those is that you volunteered for a while. And I know that a lot of times students and new nurses, or even nurses who've been doing it for a while, want to change a pace, want to do something completely different. And they're really drawn to volunteering. How did you come across that? I just real quick. (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh. I feel like it was such a, like just something that was meant to be because I was pretty, you know, I had gone through a breakup and I was like pretty miserable. Um, and I, so I just was like, I need to get out of here. I felt like if I left the United States, like that would solve all my problems. Um, so I just was Googling, just Googling. And I came across this amazing company called project hope. They do have volunteer opportunities for nurses. Um, Since I have done it, like worked with them, I haven't seen any NICU specific since. But um, yeah, I got this job with Project Hope and I was the first volunteer in North Macedonia, like working on this project for for them. So it was like a really unique and cool opportunity and just like a once in a lifetime. Like it just kind of
0: fell in my lap. It felt like... That sounds awesome. So did you do that before you started travel nursing or was this while you were travel nursing? No,
1: I, so I started travel nursing at the end of 2016. It is such a like mind exercise to think back this far. Right. It is. So (laughs) at the end of 2016, and then I left for North Macedonia in April
0: of 2017. So I think I did one assignment and then did it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Very interesting. Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about travel nursing. I I see a lot of of students in my Facebook group, for example, asking about it and wanting to know what the career options are and how soon they could become a travel nurse. Now, you said you worked for 2 years in a mm-hmm. NICU. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's because as a travel nurse, you can't just walk in as a brand new nurse and get on with a travel company or even be successful with that? Because let's talk about the training you get when you get Mm -hmm. a travel assignment, how much training would you say you get when you show up to a brand new hospital? You've never been there before.
1: Okay. So it varies per hospital where I was a staff nurse. We only gave our travelers four hours of orientation, which is like awful and kind of unheard of. Like that's not the normal. So I don't want that to scare anybody, but right. But it's out there. Yes. Yeah. You definitely need to be like confident with your skills. So I would say like the normal travel nurse gets two to three shifts of orientation, but I, I recommend having that two years under your belt. I know that I could not have become a travel nurse without that experience. Right. Um, but I think also something that's changed with COVID is that places are accepting nurses that are a little bit more green, right? Like they'll take travel nurses that have maybe had a little bit less than two years experience, but I just personally would not feel comfortable with that for myself. And it's not the norm. The norm
0: is two plus years. Okay, so if you're a student or a brand new nurse, think about what it would feel like to walk into a travel assignment and get a couple of shifts orientation. That would Mm -hmm. just set you up to, it's just gonna set you up to fail. It's gonna set the patients up to fail. Like you've got to protect your license and protect your patients. So go into travel nursing once you get some solid experience. 100%. Okay, so I know you have some tips, Kylie, on how to get like the best like your approach to getting the most appropriate experience. Can you, can Mm -hmm. you share that?
1: Yeah. So I, so if you're okay, so if you're going into nursing and you're like, you know, my goal is to eventually be a travel nurse. I, the way that I would get there now is I would just, you know, gain all the experience that you can gain. If you like tell your charge nurse that you want the sickest patient on the unit, if there's something new on the unit that you've never heard of, go chat with that nurse and learn, you know, learn about the patient and the, the diagnosis and just take every single learning opportunity that you can. Another thing that I did to stand out a little bit. So in the NICU, we get our NRP. Um, but I also went ahead and get, got my pals just, just cause I felt like it, I stood out a little bit more. So if, you know, if you're thinking about traveling, that could be something like get as many certifications as you can that seem relevant, and just really, really grab every learning opportunity that you can.
0: Okay, that is awesome advice. I think that would also make you more um, marketable, shows your wide range of skills, maybe you would right. match with different types of jobs. So mm-hmm. can you just for the people that might not know what the NRP is? Can you tell us what that is? Yes. So the NRP is neonatal. Why do I have to think so hard about
1: it? neonatal resuscitation program? Yeah. Um, so that is like the it's a BLS or ACLS for the NICU.
0: So resuscitating neonates basically. Yes. Okay, Correct. very good. Yeah. See, that would be terrifying to me. Like, there's no way I could do oh, that. Like, no, okay.
1: Wait, I walked out of the hospital one day, and there was a person who was on the ground outside of the ER, far enough away from the ER that nobody from the ER could see. And there was a doctor doing compressions on this person yelling for help. And I feel like I froze because it wasn't a baby. I was like, if it was a baby, I could totally jump in there. I but know like exactly adult, what to do. Yes, yeah, yeah. We're I opposite. So I'm the same way. Yeah. Like
0: adults, no problem. Kids, I just become instantly dumb. Like yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, exactly. understand this. I don't feel like a nurse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, okay, so travel nursing. Get a couple years experience. Get mm-hmm. the most varied amount of experience that you can, especially. Um, you know, as sick as you can, different disease mm. conditions, different pieces of equipment, just what mm. have you just learn as much as possible. Okay, that is a great tip. I have one more to add. I would also say as much as it isn't great
1: to float, because you probably like where you're at. If you can get a little bit of experience floating, that will always help you in the long run. So okay, I think that's a great try to tip think of it, yeah, in like a positive mindset versus like, oh, I have to go float again. So, well, you know
0: what, travel nursing is like the ultimate float assignment. Really you're just is. floating to a different that's a city. Great way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're not going to know anybody. You're not going to know where anything is. You're not going to know the door codes. You're not going to exactly. know which doctors to call. Exactly. But you're going to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, let's talk a little bit about how travel assignments are structured. So, first of all, are they a standard length or does it vary from one assignment to another? It
1: does vary, but the common length is 13 weeks, one week of, of like hospital orientation and then 12 weeks on your own. Um, but I've seen anywhere from like 2 weeks to 6 months.
0: So, it really can vary. So, when you say you get a week of hospital orientation, that's going to be hospital policies, all those yes. things. Do you get any, um, EMR. Yeah. So you'll training. do,
1: yeah. So you'll do the, yeah, the EMR, they'll generally go over like your passcodes, make sure everything's working, your badge is working, kind of show you around the hospital. Uh, and I said a week, I mean, it could be just one or two days up to five days. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. okay, so you've used okay, this is just like a total aside, but I love asking people this. Like you've obviously used a million different EMRs. Which one is your favorite and which one would do you would never want to see again?
1: I feel the most comfortable with Epic. Yeah. And I hate MetaTech, I think is okay. what it's that called. totally aligns with what <laughs> yeah, I've heard what from other, other people, people. people. Yeah, yeah. That would be but my, as a traveler,
0: yeah. you just you have to use what's there and just deal with it. Well, yeah. I used to
1: be really annoyed having to like learn a new EMR. And now I I feel like I know a Cerner Epic. The, I know the main ones. So it's mm-hmm. not as big of a deal. Not me. as big of a deal. But that would be another yeah. learning curve really for a newer traveler. Yes, it can be very overwhelming. But...
0: Just know you will get the hang of it. Eventually you will. Yeah. Just keep using it and you will. Okay. So what about, okay. Another question about travel assignments. Does the company pay for your housing, help you find housing, provide extra money for housing? How does that work?
1: So they give you a, so you're okay. So the way a travel nurse gets paid is you get hourly, you get a, you get a meal stipend and a housing stipend. So you do get a housing stipend, your company can help you find housing. But I always find that you earn the most money if you take your housing stipend and then find your own housing. Go find your own housing. So are you looking for like midterm rentals? Is that the type of thing or a roommate situation? I like to live alone. I have in cities, I've had trouble finding a place. I do have roommates, you know, some really great resources. My favorite resource is like, whatever city you're going to, right? So if I'm Mm going to go to Seattle, I would get on Facebook and then search like Seattle travel nurse. And I find I have the most luck with that. Like there's a lot of people who are renting to travel nurses Mm -hmm. in those Facebook groups. And they really understand the role of a travel nurse and are really accommodating. So that's my number one. And then I've always found places on Airbnb and Mm -hmm. there's Furnished Finder.
0: But Facebook is like, I feel like I have the most luck with Facebook. Okay. So your tip is take your stipend, find your own housing. Yes. Um, And then what about your work schedule? Are you working 312s? Are you working more than that? Well, that's okay. That's another great question and
1: something people need to start keeping an eye on. So always 312s. Um, but since COVID, there's a lot more hospitals now requiring travelers to come for four twelves and and you can usually notice like the pay is significantly higher. So you will be like, huh? And then you can ask the recruiter, like what's going on with this. And they'll say, Oh, that's your schedule for four shifts a week. Um, but that's, that's not always the case. Three Mm twelves is common.
0: Okay. I don't think I could do four twelves. Oh my gosh. Oh my, could you imagine? I think I did it once. (laughs) I can barely do two twelves these days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, never again, never again. It's hard. Okay. And then let's talk about how you structure your travel nursing assignments. Do you go to a, a city and do your 13 weeks and then immediately go to another one? Or do you take breaks in between? How does that go? I
1: love to take breaks in between. So I usually, you know, I'll go to a city, I'll do 13 weeks. Sometimes I will like, you don't always have to extend another 13 weeks sometimes. So the hospital, okay, let me back up the hospital. So during your 13 weeks, usually the hospital come to you about halfway through and say, we'd like you to stay, or there's not a need anymore after you're done. So that's when you can decide, do I want to sign another 13 weeks? I never do that. I always say, okay, I'd like to come on for another five weeks. Is that possible? And then they say yes. And then I like to take my break. Mm -hmm. I rarely work over 13 to 20 weeks without taking a break in between. Some people, you can stay in a city for up to a year. So I know a lot of travelers that will go for an entire year and then they'll take a break. It's really, that's the great thing about travel nursing is you can design your
0: own life. Yeah, totally. Go wherever you want, work whenever yeah, you want. Exactly. Do you get a choice between day and night shift or a preference? Oh gosh, you,
1: you can, so when you re- match with the recruiter, you will sit, they will ask you, what do you prefer? That mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's guaranteed, but you do not have to take a shift you don't want. So if you love the day shift, you do not have to work a night shift. So you'll know ahead of time. You will know ahead of time. I unfortunately had one recruiter in my like what, six plus years of travel nursing, switch it on me, but I just refused and she switched it back. And
0: that's the recruiter you don't want to work with again. Yeah. And you've got to be able to stand up for yourself. 100%. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's any other like basic questions about travel nursing. Okay. Let me ask you this. What has been your favorite city to work in as a travel nurse?
1: Two answers for sure. Seattle, just like, I love The city of Seattle, it's amazing They have, they treat their, Washington treats nurses very well. In my experience, like the Seattle area, they have great hospitals there. There's a ton of travel nurses in Seattle and like so many, yeah, opportunities to meet other people. And then, but I also have to give a shout out to Santa Barbara because like I was living on the beach. It was such a unique experience. So that one will always like be near and dear to my heart as well. Those both
0: sound awesome. I have yeah. been to both places and they're both amazing. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> okay, what about um any cautionary tales? Oh. <gasps> All right. You guys never ignore your gut feeling.
1: I was scammed out of nearly five thousand dollars um when I took an assignment in Phoenix, Arizona. So I connected with this guy, Ron, on Zillow, which I'd never used before, and I'll never use since and um he there was a lot of red flags that I ignored, and basically, I showed up to this apartment that I'm supposed to be renting from him, and it wasn't as shown in, in the pictures, like it wasn't bad, but it just was different, mm-hmm. and he um asked for all cash up front, and my you know Yikes. I, I yeah, don't do that, you guys. I agreed and I gave him this cash. I think it was $4,600. And um, when he left, I realized that the Wi-Fi wasn't working. So I contacted him. I was like, listen, I remember I specifically asked for the Wi-Fi. I said, this is part of the deal. I don't, it's not working. And he was like, got really sassy and was like, you know, you might just find one day, if you come home after your shift that I've changed the locks on you. Wow. And like, I know I started crying. Like I went outside, I started crying and his neighbors came over and they're like, Oh, are you renting from Ron the con? So I went back to Nebraska because I was really overwhelmed just for a couple of days. And when I came back, he had changed the lock to the apartment and he was inside with all my my stuff.
0: With all your stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, I filed a police report and everything, but there was nothing that could be done. So I just had to chalk it up as the most expensive place I've ever stayed in my life.
0: Ever. One night, dollars oh Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm assuming you found a place to stay. You finished I out did. your contract. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine, but it was not a great Okay. Experience. So that's cautionary tale. Don't yeah. rent from a scam artist. Don't give cash up front. And no. if you feel any spidey sense that something is off very well could be also trust your gut okay that is awesome
2: do you find it hard to sleep at night then the calm cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long calm cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires all of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast
0: What do you take into consideration when you're evaluating um, an assignment that your recruiter comes to you with? So I, so here's the cool thing about
1: traveling, right? It's like, there has to be a need from the hospital and a want, like you have to want to go there. So usually you are the one telling your recruiter, these are the cities I'm interested in. I personally like, I don't have a car, so I like somewhere that has good public transport. Mm -hmm. I can walk. I love like to be in a city. I'm not necessarily a rural gal. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I had one time my recruiter came to me, the Arizona job, which I actually loved despite Ron. Um, and she said, listen, I know we've had trouble finding you an assignment that you have wanted, but all of my travelers that go here, love it. Like, will you give it a shot? So I think like you should, you know, try to be as open as you can. Of course, you don't Mm -hmm. have to go anywhere you don't want to go. But sometimes you recruit. I mean, they've probably done this a lot longer than you have and worked with so many people
0: like just listen to their advice, you know? Right. Okay. So you look at the city, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then are you always assigned to a NICU? Or do they maybe also put you in? Would they put you in a PICU? Or is that just a completely different thing?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, it's different. But I mean, I feel like the number of times I've been floated to the PICU, it's, I feel like a PICU nurse sometimes. You're an
0: honorary I would PICU say nurse. Like,
1: exactly. I would say like the NICU, no, I'm usually in the NICU. But if you're like neuro, you could get floated to a different, or you could work on a different floor. Like as a different med-surg so type sense. floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. But they okay. might totally float you out of your skill set. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I like to stay in my lane, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if That's I'm going I'm somewhere, somewhere brand new. That's why I never liked floating. Like it always, like oh, you I said, know. it's, I just, I need, I like my comfort zone. Look, I like knowing. And Yes, my, you're docs, where you my are people you loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, it was always hard for me. But you know, you do it and you deal with it. Okay, yeah. let me see here. I've got some questions that I have written down. We talked about how many years of experience. So what kind of skills would you say? Like, maybe more of those soft skills, people skills, whatever life skills would make someone a, a successful traveler aside from being, you know, competent in your role as an actual totally. clinician.
1: So I always I mean, I feel like the the number one thing is just to like be open and honest, right. And have Mm -hmm. good communication. So this is maybe a little bit of a sidetrack, but one of the things that I feel like has made me a very successful travel nurse is being able to admit when I don't know something, Mm -hmm. own it, you know, own up to any mistakes I might make you know, be friendly, but also like come in with confidence at the same time. So when I first get to a floor, I will just, you know, I'll introduce myself to the nurse orienting me and I will say like, Oh, I'm Kylie. I've done this for eight years now. Um, but I I understand that you probably do things different here and I've never been here. So if I'm doing something that you want me to change, please just let me know. And then the same goes for parents. Like in the NICU, you can have Patients for six plus months. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a new traveler at this hospital and I know this parent has been at, been taking care of their baby at this hospital for six months, I just go in and I say, "I'm Kylie. I've been an NICU nurse for six years, but I am branded to this hospital. I I want you to take the lead. I want you to, you know, if I'm doing something that you want change, please just let me know." you know, your baby best. Like, I want to support you in this journey and let's just work together. So just being like super open and honest Mm -hmm. and
0: upfront, but also still like having that confidence. Yeah. That's a great way to approach it. And then what if you are like, let's say you get an assignment and you, you've got a baby with something you've never seen before. How would you, how would you approach
1: that? Okay. That's another great question because this has happened to me before. So first off, when you start, when you become a travel nurse and you get with your company, they'll have you fill out a skills checklist. Be very, very honest about your skills. You're not necessarily going to be turned away from a job because you don't have X, Y, Z skills. So just be honest about filling that out first and foremost. Um, I showed up at a hospital one day and I had never had a patient that had a tracheostomy because where I was staff we didn't have that. So that was my assignment and I just said to the nurses like in my neighborhood, "Hey you guys, like I have this patient today, can you please just keep an ear out? I've never had a baby with a trach before." And I immediately before I did anything else called RT and I said, "Can you do you have time to come in and kind of explain to me the ventilator and show me what might happen in an emergency? What do I need to know about this patient?" And so just those things. And I think I know people were appreciative because the manager came up to me later and was like, Hey, I didn't realize you've never had a trach before. Thank you so much for letting everybody know. And I continued to get assigned tricks since, And now I feel totally comfortable, but just like, again, being open and honest and mm-hmm. you shouldn't be embarrassed that you don't know something.
0: Right. I And I think that's where it gets dangerous, right? If somebody, yeah doesn't know something, and they let their ego dictate how they proceed, then you can Mm -hmm. really get into a lot of trouble. So I love that you right up front told your neighbor's, Hey, yes. I mean, need some extra support here. And you knew your resources. You called RT. They're a fabulous resource. I love, they know so much about, I mean, oh, all so the much, things. Yes. So you <laughs> yeah. called the people. You did my favorite activity, which is what is the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> Let's just yes, plan for exactly. that. Yes. And hopefully it doesn't happen, but we'll know how to respond. So, and then you d- you're not as terrified, right? That your confidence went up, your anxiety went down and you were able to just focus on this baby. A hundred percent, Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when I get a new... A new, you know, I'll get a patient with something I, like, well, okay, whenever I get a patient with an LVAD, which happens mm-hmm. in the PACU because people with LVADs have surgery, they okay, break their yeah. hips or whatever. And my first instinct is to panic and just be like, yeah. Oh, my God, I, I don't know this. Yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do. It's just. My first inkling is to get upset and fearful. Yeah, and
1: like you said, just like rely, like know your resources. Like, exactly. Yeah. So me, yeah, when I get toolbox,
0: yeah. when I get that LVAD patient, the LVAD nurse comes with, I always say, okay, here's the worst things that could happen. What do I do with this, this, this? They tell me and they give me their number and then everything is fine. But yeah, it's yeah. just that that fear of the unknown, I guess, that always, always comes in. Okay. I want to talk a little bit. So I know not every nurse is going to actually become a travel nurse, but you're a huge advocate for nurses using travel to help alleviate or combat or prevent burnout. So can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah. So
1: I, when I was a new staff nurse, I Okay, so at the time I wouldn't have known I felt burnt out. Like I that word wasn't in my vocabulary. <laughs> um but I just remember feeling like so frustrated and tired and like it was my own fault cuz I was new and I was picking up so many shifts and I worked at a hospital that had a very 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 heavy patient load for mm-hmm. the NICU. And um I was looking at these nurses who had been on the floor like 20 years thinking how do they do it? Like, I do not understand. So fast forward, I go to Scopi, North, North Macedonia to volunteer. I was actually like working more days a week, more hours, not getting paid because it was a volunteer job. And I felt so much better. And I was trying to figure out like, why do I, why do I love this so much? Like, mm-hmm. And then I think like, I came to the realization that on the weekends, I was using my time to travel solo throughout Europe. And it was really making me feel so refreshed on Monday come work. And I was also like looking forward to the next weekend because I got to like go on vacation again. And I started, I came back to the United States and I kind of started to apply that mindset a little bit more like, okay, how can I optimize my time off to do what I love and something that will make me feel like refreshed and want to go back to the hospital? So I started traveling and So that's like kind of where it all started. I love it. And now I'm just like such an advocate for nurses traveling.
0: Tell us about the eight day vacay because I think this is a concept a lot of people are really going to love. Okay. So normally in a hospital,
1: not always, but you can schedule yourself to work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then the next week work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that gives you eight days off. And I started to do that and then use that time to take these, what I call eight day vacays. So I, like my favorite one was I got off of work and I got on a plane to go to Paris and I spent, you know, eight days in Paris before I came back and he- and went back to work. Wow. Um, and I've done it in the United States. And so, yeah, it's not limited to Paris, but it just, gosh, it's such a good way to like, if you don't have any PTO, right. You can take still advantage of your time yes, and yeah.
0: see the world. And what other job can you do that? There's not very many jobs where you can take eight days off without having to take any PTO. Okay. I want you to tell us where people can find you because I know okay. they're going to want to check out your blog and your podcast. So you can find me online on yeah, Google,
1: whatever, the internet. Wow. Um, com. That's P-R-E-E-M-I-E-S um, Where, like you said, I write about nursing, travel, travel nursing, NICU nursing, a whole array of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a podcast called Passports and Preemies Talks, nice. where I talk about all things travel nursing and travel nursing.
0: Okay. And then one more thing, you've got a, a resource. So if someone's yes, really serious yes. about going into travel nursing, you kind of took all, cause you get asked a million questions yes. about it. You finally took your expertise, your wisdom, your experience, took all these questions people were asking and you made like an introductory guide, like a comprehensive introductory mm-hmm. guide. Tell us what that's called and where they can find that. So I, on my website, I sell the ultimate travel nurse bundle And it's 60
1: plus pages of everything you need to know about travel nursing. I have amazing free resources on my website if you're not ready to purchase something. But this kind of like goes the extra step and Mm -hmm. ties the whole concept together. And it's all in one place. Easy to use. Yeah, exactly. I update that every year. So it is up to date.
0: And yeah. Okay. So that's the ultimate travel nurse bundle. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I want everybody to go and check out Kylie at Passports and Premies and give her podcast a listen. And I'm telling you, if you go to her website, you're going to get the travel bug if you don't have it already, because the pictures and the <laughs> stories are just awesome. They're absolutely awesome. Thank you. Okay. Thank thanks you so, so much, Kylie. For having All right. Me. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. So, I want to thank Kylie again for coming onto the podcast and sharing her expertise about travel nursing. And maybe you got bit a little bit by the travel bug, like I do whenever I go to her website. And I really like that she summarized some of the key things. If you are a newer nurse or a student, if you want to get into travel nursing, You know, that would be get those couple of years of experience, try to get as much varied experience as you can learn as much about the different disease conditions or types of patients that you'll be taking care of in your specialty and getting your hands on as many different types of equipment as possible floating to other units that are related to your specialty, like all of that is really great advice. So thanks again to Kylie and go and check her out at Passports and Premies and her podcast, Passports and Premies Talks. All right, so I will see you back here next week. And I hope that you've been enjoying the Straighty Nursing Podcast. And if you have, please take a quick second to rate and review. That really helps other nurses and nursing students find this podcast so they can thrive just as much as you are see you again soon this podcast is brought to you by straight a nursing
2: do you find it hard to sleep at night then the sleep cove podcast can help you hi i'm christopher fitton the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind sleep cove sleep cove features sleep hypnosis meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long.